Welcome to the Chop Show Solo Edition. Well, I can't get this music thing right with my finger. Appreciate you coming in, listening to the 31st episode of the Chop and Beef Show. I am your host. I just vomited in the mic again. I am your host, the Beef. The 2006 Most Improved Student from the Tampa campus of the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Coming to you from Ma's basement. Talking to you, well, talking to myself again. By myself again. I did want to start off the show with a little somber news today. I got, I don't know details. I didn't want to know details. It doesn't matter, the details. Everyone knows Rai Rai. From the Chop and Beef Show, college football debauchery, a very big contributor to my show, a really good friend, a college friend. We kind of lost touch for a while, then got back in together, and it's like we never let go, never went away from each other. But he lost his grandfather, his pop-pop, Edward Patrick O'Malley, was at least 97, may have been 98, the article that he posted on Facebook today said it's 97 years old, but that was written a year ago. Actually, it was written in July. So heartfelt condolences from me personally, from the Chop and Beef Show, and to his entire family. Uh, that is from the bottom of my heart and from the rest of rest of the crew, whether or not they've heard or not. Please know we're thinking about you, Rye. Uh, we love you. We appreciate everything you do here on this show for me. And we're we're thinking about you. He lived a fantastic life. Life. Prayers to his wife as well. Wife of over seventy five years of marriage. Just an incredible story. There was a great article uh, that was posted. Ryan posted it, and it was it was on it was on Facebook. But he it was in it was in a newspaper about a story about him. His, uh, his, or I'm sorry, a story about his grandfather, Ed O'Malley, and his wife of over 75 years, Kate O'Malley, who was 94. They spent 80 years together. Just an unreal love story, an unreal story, and once again, really, really sad to, to hear of his passing today. On that note, I did want to come on the air. It kind of gave me a little reason to come on i don't mean to to or is and was to his grandparents i know how much they meant to him i know how much the grandparents meant to the to the whole family and so i just definitely was on condolences let's move on to some lesser important thing here in the end this weekend is really the start of the bowl games the bowl games that on twitter the other day it's uh, what'd they say on there? It's like the, oh, the cig, the car, the cigarette lighter in cars of games. It's, it's just not necessary anymore. You know, some of these games, but we'll talk about a little bit more, but I did want to get into a little real quick story. Not a story. A real quick thing about the Heisman Trophy. The Heisman Trophy was given out the other day, surprisingly to some, to Kyler Murray, the quarterback of Oklahoma. Kyler Murray wins over Tua Tonga Viola. And the story that I heard is that it's firing up the Alabama. For those that don't know, they play each other on December 29th in the Orange Bowl 
in Miami. And Kyler Murray from Oklahoma. Tua from Alabama. And there's always a, a, a story about Nick Saban trying to constantly fire up his team. And when you're on top, it's hard to fire up a team when you're on top because, you know, you're, you're over-respected. Everyone knows you're the best. Every week you're, you're seen and heard, oh, here comes, here comes Alabama again. Alabama's the best. They're number one. Anyone can beat, can anyone beat them? I think they'll beat the Cleveland Browns, yada, yada. So one of the big things now that they're saying is they were winning the Heisman Trophy. Give me a break. Thankfully, well, I digress. This award is definitely a popularity contest. It is the best player from one of the best teams. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're even the best college football player. There's probably better college football players than Kyler Murray. There's probably better football players than Tua. I mean, take you know, it's it's all objective, subjective, excuse me. But he could be a better quote football player than both of them. But it's usually the award for the best player on one of the best teams in the country this year. It was perceived to be Kyler Murray. Now, multiple media members, multiple former. High- Multiple other people are voters to these things. Here's where I meant to say thankfully earlier. Thankfully, they actually waited until after the championship to submit their vote. Now, it is a season award. No question about it. Tua played in, what, Alabama played 12 games, 13 games. He played in seven and a half games. Give him eight. Eight total games, because he didn't make it to the third quarter half the, half the season because he didn't have to. Kyler Murray played in just about every game from start to finish. But I like the fact that I think it was, it was the stat was 90%. 90% of the voters waited until after the championship games in order to place their vote. Personally, I think it should be after the bowl games, but that's just me, because the bowl is still part of the season, is it not? And I'm still sour and kind of taking the luster off of this award after Lamar Jackson beat Deshaun Watson for the well, three. Absolutely electric, and he's actually doing great things in the NFL where people didn't think that he would. Taking over the starting job with the Baltimore Ravens. But it was clear that Deshaun Watson was the best player in the country. And he led his team national championship. He had a fantastic ACC championship game against North Carolina. Or was it the next year against Virginia Tech? I think it might have been Virginia Tech. He had a great game. Threw for four or five touchdowns and was just dynamic as he is. People had already turned their ballots in. Anyway, I'm off my soapbox. I just think it's a it's a popularity contest and something that should probably be looked at, but it won't be because, you know, ESPN does an entire hour-long segment on, it, it does the whole hour-long show, not segment, it does a whole, whole hour-long show on the Heisman, only to announce it at, you know, quarter to nine, and then they do 15 minutes of interviews and blah, blah, blah. But Kyler Murray is dynamic, and if that is what 
Alabama needs to light a fire under its team to feel disrespected, then God bless them. That's what it is. So the games this week, uh, this weekend are, you know, they're, they're, they're their games. They're all right. You know, there's nothing great. It's college football, though, so odds are good. I'm probably going to be watching. The one game that I did like, actually, that's on the schedule is the New Mexico Bowl presented by Progressive. The 10-2 and Utah State against 9-3 North Texas Saturday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I like it because, well, Utah State just lost their coach to Texas Tech, but... You know, the team was 10-2, and two and they had a really, they play a really exciting brand of football. We'll see where they go from here. And their coach used it as a kind of a stepping stone, which, God bless them again. The Auto, Care, Auto Nation Cure Bowl between Tulane and Louisiana in a battle of Louisiana. Where is that game? I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll let you know. Oh, it's in Camping World Stadium, so it's one of 94 bowls that are played in Orlando. That one's on Saturday at one thirty as well. And then you have the Mitsubishi Motors Las Vegas Bowl. <laughs> 11-2 Fresno State, who probably would have gotten that other New Year's Six Bowl. What? What are you beeping at me for? All right. Fresno State would have got that other New Year's Six Bowl if UCF had slipped up against Memphis. They face Arizona State. Herm Edwards boys are bowl eligible at seven and five. That's in Las Vegas, and that's at three thirty Eastern on Saturday as well. You got Georgia Southern at nine and three, East, Eastern Michigan at seven and five in the Raycom Media Camellia Bowl. What the fuck is that? It's in Montgomery, Alabama. Never heard of her. Then, of course, you got. I say, of course, like you knew. Appalachian State at 10-2 and two just lost their coach to Louisville. Plays Middle Tennessee State at the R&L Carriers New Orleans Bowl, which surprisingly is in New Orleans. Next week, is it, it gets a little crazy. There's a bowl game on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then through the weekend, through the holidays. Only really missing, I guess, the Sunday, Monday, Tuesday of Christmas, Christmas Eve, and the NFL NFL on Sunday, then Christmas Eve, then Christmas. And then the day after Christmas, they start back up with more bowl games. But I'll get into that more as they come. I don't want to blow the entire load here on the first week of, of bowl games that are being played. You know what? Another thing that I really enjoy... And I don't know if a lot of people enjoy them, but I really do. Is the one double A or I'm sorry, the FCS. The FCS games are really a lot of fun. Now I have a really good buddy who went to Colgate. Colgate University. Colgate ended up ten and one this year. They lost to Army. A very good Army team that beat Navy this past weekend in a really, really fun, really good game as it always seems to be. But Colgate was dominant. Actually, they ended up 8th. They ended up as the National 8th seed for the FCS Championship uh, Tournament. 
they went up against the North Dakota State team that is just on another level, should probably be 1A, should probably be in the Mountain West, and would probably dominate the Mountain West as well. These kids can flat play. I don't know if you saw it. If you didn't, I don't even know the quarterback's name for North Dakota State. I'm going to find out while I'm talking to you. But he was dribbling a ball the other day. Like physically dribbling a football. How do you dribble a football? I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying. His name is Easton Stick. He's a senior quarterback. I don't know what that means. I was going to say he's got, it says hand, and then next to it it says 12. So I don't know what that means. 12-inch hands. I don't know. 6'2", 221. But they're 13-0, and Colgate had just beaten James Madison the week before. And James Madison lost in the final last year to North Dakota State in a really fun game in the championship. And so once Colgate won, I got a phone call. It was like, did you see it? Did you see it? I said, see what? He said, oh, Colgate beat James Madison. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's awesome, man. I said, you know, Colgate's really pretty good. They got a chance to make a run at this thing. He's like, yeah, 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 I'm so excited, I'm so excited. Hang up the phone with him, turn on my handy-dandy ESPN app, as I'm known to do, and I looked at the, the bracket to see who they were playing next. All them who were playing, they had to go up to and play. And I sent him a text that just said, sorry, bud, enjoy it, because I think your run ends next week. Fast forward to this past Saturday, I get a phone call about, I don't know, about 5, 5.30, same guy. I pick up, I'm like, yo, man, what's up? He's like, they didn't have to do us like that. <laughs> I'm like, they didn't have to do, what, what are you talking about? He goes, they could have let us score three points. And I said, yeah, at this point I knew what he was talking about. North Dakota State in their home building beat Colgate 35 nothing. Held the running back to 65 yards, held the quarterback to 68 yards. It was just complete dominance of a really good football team at the one AA FCS level. And this weekend they play a team that knocked them off a couple years ago in-state rival South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits, go into the Fargo Dome and play North Dakota State in the semifinal. North Dakota State's 12-0, and South Dakota State's 9-2, and and I don't know who South Dakota State has played this year, but I'm going to find out for you. Their losses are to North Dakota State by four. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And they lost to northern iowa but northern iowa is another one of those teams in the fcs that always just seems to be there at the end of course as i say that i look at the other side of the bracket and see that it's your main black bears against eastern washington what's eastern washington's nickname the hawks or something something like that it looks like a hawk anyway the home of tony romo is going up to Maine, actually. They're going to Maine to play in the other semifinal for a chance to lose to North Dakota State in the final. But anyway, I digress again. 
I'm just saying, those FCS games are great football. If you ever get a chance and haven't watched them before, do yourself a favor and turn it on. Uh, Friday night is the North Dakota State-South Dakota State game. Once again, in-state rivals you know, from two states that normally traditional college football fans don't know even exists because, quite honestly, you know, we're just not educated other than, you know, our areas in the South. But these two teams, and I, I've seen North Dakota State play. I haven't seen South Dakota State play, but based on the score from the regular season, they played a heck of a game. And knowing how good North Dakota State is, I'm excited to see that game. Friday night, 8 o'clock. What else are we going to do? Locks will be asleep. And then Saturday at 2 is that main Eastern Washington game. You know what? You may have seen Eastern Washington and not known it. They play on the red field. Their field is bright red, like Boise State's is blue. Eastern Washington is that red, red, red stadium. So that's what's going on in the FCS level. That's Saturday night. Or Friday Friday night and then Saturday. Another D3 is actually a lot of fun too. I tend to watch this game too because it's usually on uh, it's usually on a, a, either a Friday evening or a Saturday morning. Like it seems like it's always on before noon for their national championship game. And I think that's this weekend too. As a matter of fact, I just pulled it up as I'm talking, and it is Friday night at seven. So you got two actually really good football games. Of teams you've never heard of, but if you like college football and you're a junkie like myself, turn it on. Do yourself a favor. Turn it on. It's it's actually really good football. The D3 champion every year, the D3 uh, Alabama, if you will, is Mount Union. And Mount Union is in Ohio. And Mount Union always seems to be there every year. And it's usually... It seems like it's the Mount Union versus Wisconsin Whitewater every year. I did notice last Saturday when I was watching, I did see that Wisconsin Whitewater was playing Mary Hardin Baylor. And if you gave me $1,000 on the spot in 10 seconds to tell you where Mary Hardin Baylor is, I wouldn't win $1,000. But they're playing Mary Hardin Baylor this weekend, who just beat Wisconsin Whitewater 31-14. to which is unreal. I guess I, I'm I'm trying to look here. It seems like Mary Harden Baylor is in Texas. Yep, it's in Houston, Texas. So they play that D3 National Championship game at Wood Forest Bank Stadium in Sheffield, Texas, and that's every year. So that just if if you're doing nothing on a Friday night, which some of us old guys do with young kids. 7 o'clock and 8 o'clock, if I make it to halftime of either one of those games, it's going to be a win. And it's actually going to be some really good football. So check it out. Once again this weekend, we probably won't do a college football debauchery. May come back next weekend and do it. I haven't talked to anybody. I started a new job this week, so it's been kind of tough to, to get on the mic and spit out some, you know, coordinate with people to get them on the show. I say it every week. I tease it. This is like the longest tease in the history of teases, but I am still planning on having my buddy Chris from, from Texas. I am still planning on having RW Smith come back. I want to have locks on a one-on-one whenever he's elbow late at night, but he goes to bed so early. 
So I might have to catch him in between Blue Plate Special and his bedtime. And and many others. I want to talk to many others as well. I'm looking to, he doesn't know it yet, but my boy Jay Pat loves college basketball. I'd love to have him on the air just to pick his brain about college basketball, especially as we get really full swing into the season now that we're a couple weeks in. Once again, admittedly so, I'm not into it. I'm not into it yet. My beloved Clemson Tigers have already lost three games this year. And so it's not that I'm not believing in them. I think they're actually decent. May make another run towards the tournament, which in reality is a is a win for Clemson. Did notice yesterday, and my boy, attaboy, will not like it, but UPenn delivered a shocker to the Villanova Wildcats and beat them by three. I did notice that score. But it's one of those things I actually pull for Villanova and other than Clemson. And I enjoy watching them play and watching them win. But it's one of those things when you are when you have your friends, you still have to rib them. They rib me every time Clemson loses, which I'm sure will come if they lose to Notre Dame or to, excuse me, or to Alabama or Oklahoma in the championship game, whatever. It rolls out there. I'm shot it. But it's just, that doesn't mean I like the team. It just means that I just have to rub it in a bit but they lost to UPenn so they do that in and around Philadelphia excuse me the big five with Xavier and looks like or I guess Temple's involved too I don't know who's maybe UPenn's not involved but they do the big one Rai's gonna call me out on that one sorry so it's LaSalle St. Joe's UPenn Villanova and Temple those are the big five Philadelphia that play Kind of around Robin, and usually it's, you know, whoever has the best record takes the best of the big five. Well, it may not be Villanova this year, probably for the first time in a long time. But I'm sure they'll get it together. They always make a run. They're always seed. They always win. So, hope 25 switched hands. Uh, Kansas Jayhawks, I think they put on, I think JJ put on the uh, Chop and Beef Show page the fact that he's not a Kansas fan at all, like in the state at all. And. So he's not happy that Kansas is the number one team in the country after Gonzaga took a loss. So it's Kansas and Duke, one and two. I think Duke at nine and one is probably still the best team in the country. Tennessee. Let's talk about Tennessee for a minute. I didn't plan on this at all. Tennessee is seven and one. I know nothing about them. I know. Beef. Why do you want to talk about them if you know nothing about them? You know what I know about them? That's where Coach Barnes is. Coach Rick Barnes left Clemson high and dry when we were in school there. Literally, like in the middle of the night, just kind of took a job at the University of Texas and left Clemson. And when we were in school back in the (laughs) mid to late 90s, I know it's a long time ago, we were actually really good. And I say we because I worked with the basketball team. And so we were really good. Had a, a really hard-nosed, scrappy type football, or excuse me, type basketball team. It was what they what they called in the conference the Big East brought to the ACC. Barnes coached hard, practiced hard. I got stories for days about practices that would make you shudder. But then talking to other managers around the country, other guys that had done that job. It's pretty much the norm, but 
we would bang every day. They would, I mean, they were, it, he called the, he called his boys, the, his family because there would be fights. There would be fights between teammates almost every day. Sometimes he'd let them go. Sometimes he'd break them up. It depended. But when the ball was rolled out and tipped off between another team, every one of those boys had each other's backs. They absolutely did love each other. Ran into Coach Barnes at an airport in the southeast. Kind of a surreal moment for me. Ran into Coach Barnes, looked at him. He looked at me, smiled, came over, said, Hey, Casey, how are you? And I said, Hey, Coach, great to see you. What's going on? He gave me a whole rundown of his family, rundown of where the coaches are, who coached there at the time, two of which ended up being the head coaches at different times. Dennis Felton went to the University of Georgia, went to Western Kentucky. Ken, Ken McDonald was another assistant. He was actually my boss when I was a manager. He was the head coach at the Western Kentucky as well. I believe he went with Felton to Georgia and then took over for Felton after he left or was fired at Western Kentucky. Both had some incremental success at those schools. And he told me about another guy, Larry Shiat, who just up and kind of left his job. He was at Wyoming, came back to Clemson, went back to Wyoming, and kind of just up and resigned one one day. I Basically, just didn't want to coach anymore. I think he's an assistant in the NBA now. But at the time, Barnes didn't know either. I just had a really nice conversation with Coach Barnes about his team at Tennessee, how good he was going to be, about his family. He was telling me about his kids. And just really genuine dude. And people really either loved him. Well, at Clemson, they all loved him. Because he had the personality. He was a Southern boy. He's from Hickory, North Carolina. And so people loved him because he fit right in. He won. He won the right way. He was hard-nosed. He was good in the media. Very charismatic. Gave back to the community. Rai Rai's got a great story about getting pizza from him. And so we just it, it was just really nice to see him. Well, the funny part to the story is I fl- fly a lot and have flown a lot for many different company or a couple different companies in my day. So I, the one beautiful thing about these companies is that they would buy your flights, but they let you, if you wanted, to keep the points. So it was an American Airlines flight from Charlotte, and I got bumped to first class. And when I get on the plane, you know, I kind of we we just shook hands and said bye, and got on the plane, and I'm in first class. I look back at the first row of Coach, and there's Coach Barnes. I looked at him. I was like, Coach, this is weird. He just started laughing, opened up his, uh, I don't know, Sports Illustrated, I think it, it was he was reading. And we kind of went went our way, got off the plane. He sought me out just to say how good it was to see me. Best of luck and everything. He was telling me about how much he liked Tennessee, how it was a lot like Clemson in that they – want you to win, but it's a football, definitely football-centric, but they they still want you to win, want you to do it the right way, and want to be competitive. So it's nice to see them ranked third. It really is. I pull for them because I pull for him. I don't like the SEC, but I pull for him, and I think it's great. And uh, another side note is 
the strength coach that came to him, or he was at Providence with him initially, and then came to Clemson. His name's Todd Wright. I believe Todd Wright is actually still with him as the strength and conditioning coach. Probably information that you didn't need to know, but that's why I'm doing this, because it's information that I know that no one else knows. So anyway, that's it. That's all I got tonight. 28 minutes of your life. You're never getting back. I think that's how I should end each show from now on. Just a little useless information. No real vision. No real way to, you know, no real vision today as to where I was going. But I definitely wanted to come on the air and say that we'll dedicate this show to Ed O'Malley and Rai Rai and Rai Rai's family. Uh, we know we're thinking about you. We really, really are. I am, especially. I'll speak for everyone here at the Chop and Beef Show and say we all are. God bless the O'Malley family, the Lawrence family, and all that are touched by the O'Malley's. That's it for tonight. Once again, we won't be doing a debauchery show. I have a Christmas party on Friday for my new company, which I have never really had before. Had one, I guess, when I was in South Carolina, but we kind of just went to lunch and then went home. Yeah, because, yeah, that's all. Hopefully at some point I'll get, maybe next week, if he listens, maybe I'll get locks on the air with me. We'll shoot the breeze about, he's from, well, he's from the area of Mount Union, so maybe we'll talk a little bit about Mount Union. Another little side note is I heard this dang song again on another commercial, a different commercial this past weekend. Send it out to the boys, but uh, that's disheartening. I think you get something unique, and at least it wasn't Nugenics this time. It was something like, I don't even know. I don't even remember, but it had nothing to do with male testosterone. But we'll be back next week. I say we because somebody will be with me. Maybe I'll get in the groove with the new job and everything, and we'll we'll work it out. It'll take. It's kind of that's kind of taking some of my focus this week. That's probably why I had no real vision or direction tonight. But hopefully, I made you learn something, especially with the D1 AA National Championship and or the semifinals and the D3 Championship this weekend. But. Thank you again for listening. Find us on the Facebook page. They're still loading it up with great information and articles. We've got the playoff coming up. All sorts of fun college bowl games. If we can recognize who's playing. But I will leave you on that. Thanks so much again. Good night now.